Welcome to a pre-vacation week episode of La Ventanita. I'm your co-host, Carlos Frias, the food editor of the Miami Herald, along with my soon-to-be-departing-for-at-least-a-week co-host, Amy Reyes. Hi. You're going to so miss me so much. I'm going to miss you so terribly. I mean, you're the you're the reason people tune in, honestly, is uh, is uh, to get a break from my... Uh, foolishness and, and well, to hear your foolishness. I mean, <laughs> they all want to have my hot take on Kendall and indigestion. That's what everybody's <laughs> here for. <laughs> they need yeah. to know these things. Yeah. And and you're going to be taking a little bit of a break uh, break of a week or so, which is Dude, great. And can I tell you, my you stomach need needs I know a you break. Need my yeah. stomach needs a break. Like I have done all the eating in the past two weeks and I don't think I ever want to see food again. I think it's funny that you and and, a, and Connie are are really feeling it. And like what I what I tell you all the time, you know, this this job, I you know, all eat eating, more, Amy. eating for a living, it's so fun, it's so great, and then you do it, and and then you're hurt, and, yeah, and you understand, you're understanding my pain. So well, you know something, that's why I kind of understand the reason why you wanted to get that sandwich breast because right now all I want to eat are cheese sandwiches. Yeah, like that's that's all I want, just a cheese sandwich and a like a glass of water. <laughs> like, that's it. The fancier you eat uh, out, and especially for for work, the more simple you want to keep it at home. Which is like chefs all the time, routinely their favorite thing to eat is like a burger. You know something? I one time went to a like a um. It was this guy who had a food truck up in that uh. Oh, it was the the brewery in Doral. I think it's called the the Tank or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And. He was making the most amazing meal for all of us. I went with Evan Ben. This was ages ago. Yeah. And it was a food truck that was like some some well-known chef, but I already forgot his name. Is it the Twisted Fork? A guy I by can't the name remember. Of- it might have been that. Yeah, but everything Blessing was amazing. is his last name, I want to say. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Dude, everything was amazing. And when he came out to sit with us, he literally had a bowl of cereal. Like one of those bowls of cereals <laughs> that they give you with the free breakfast at school. It was just like, I think it was actually Fruit Loops. He had a bowl of Fruit Loops and he was eating a bowl of cereal while we were like eating this amazing <laughs> banquet. And I was like, I kind of get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it anything that requires very little effort, uh, you know, and, and just like it, it requires no mental energy. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm taking my sandwich pressing to the next level. You know, like I mentioned with Mariano, you know, I was like, I got this commercial press and, um, and I was like, man, I'm going to have to rewire. Yeah, there it is right there. There's a picture of it right now. I was like, I'm going to have to, you know, do some rewiring in the kitchen to get it to work on this one particular circuit, which is where I want to keep it. But I said, you know what, let me plug it in and see, like, let me use it for a little bit. And dude. My family just wanted sandwiches all weekend. Yeah, I like, don't blame them. Look, like oh my press God, sandwiches. Look at that sandwich. I mean, sandwich really is beautiful. It's amazing. Like it takes, uh, it, it heats it so perfectly, you know, because it heats on the top and bottom element, and so it 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 really just gets them like a perfect kind of heat. And I've been playing with the temperature, and I was like, we all just like fell in love with this thing. So, but then I put it over on my counter, and I'm like. God, is this big piece of commercial equipment? And, and you know, I'm all about like clean, clean yeah, lines and things being slick. Yes, like, like things. Yeah, your things kitchen have to has be... like a your kitchen has like a spatula and then yeah, a, no. a, like a a, a a dish towel. 
everything is put away because yes. I need everything to be like clear so that my so yes. that my mind can be cluttered. Only one of the two things can be cluttered. So um I found this guy online. Um and and uh, actually their their shop is in Hialeah and it's uh, I I got to find the name. It's cuz I want to give him a shout out. So they do like uh, appliance polishing and and plating. So I took my the machine over to the guy and he's kind of sitting, you know, he, it's a tiny little space. I can't stress more than it. it's just a little counter and he's in the back and his, his, uh, I don't know if it's his, his work partner or also his life partner. He's out front and he's just eating his lunch and I, and he sees me bring in the machine and I had talked to her about it and he's eating his lunch and he kind of peeks back over his shoulder and then he looks further back and he turns around completely. He's like, man, this thing is really cool. And I tell him my idea is, to make it the most beautiful looking commercial sandwich press. So, so extra. Dude, I'm going oh to, it's going to be polished. So extra. Polished brushed stainless steel with like brushed, um, uh, brushed brass highlights. Dude. He's creating, he's creating a handle for it, you know, because if you see that picture, it's like a big black handle. Uh, the one where I'm buttering the toast, there's a big black commercial handle on it. And, um, and it's very commercial looking. And he's going to actually build, like a like a a brush stainless steel handle and do like brass accents and brass feet like the whole thing it's gonna look it's gonna look very pimp it's I'm gonna be sure it is gonna pimp be my press extra. pimp my press I, for sure <laughs> exhibit is, exhibit is gonna be at my house well all I gotta say <laughs> going all like it's gonna look like a 1962 like a, like like a rebuilt like Ford <laughs> no <laughs> one you, of those like yeah it's gonna look like one of those rebuilt cars and yes you're gonna, like, an you're old an old Ford to, pickup. You're going to take it to Art Deco weekend and just stand there and be like, this is my my sandwich press from El Año de la Guacara. That's it. That's it. I'm just going to put some wheels on it and drive it around town. Low ride it. No, my my I think my inspo is kind of like those Italian espresso makers. You know how they okay. look so beautiful and shining. They're almost like showpieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my inspo for it. So. Okay, well, I will so be we'll, hitting we'll, up your house for sandwiches. Well, I will keep the people uh, uh, updated when I hear when I hear because it's going to be a couple weeks. It's going to be out you of service. You should have a sandwich party. Yeah, yeah. I had like a little warm-up party. My brother came over, my cousins, like they, everybody came through this weekend and were eating sandwiches. And as soon as I saw like that joy and frankly how easy it was for me to like feed lots of people, mm-hmm. I was like, this thing needs a place in my, in my household. So uh, I'm very excited to see how it's. I can't wait. You are That's so extra. In. I can't wait. Like I can't. T- I was calling my brother. I was like, I can't wait. To- you got to see how this thing is. It's gonna look awesome. So I'll keep. I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you apprised. You'll see. It's gonna be awesome. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, I. I think. I think we should talk about um, uh, the top chef that we lost last week. Right. Yeah. So uh, Howie Kleinberg uh, was a was a Miami chef. Uh, he was on uh, season three of Top Chef. Really like a local. He was like a local chef forever. He's a, uh, you know, he's only 46 years old and he, he died of a heart attack, uh, last week, uh, over last weekend. And, um, Howie was, uh, was a guy that was spent most of the times in like, like as kind of, uh, uh, almost in catering kitchens or like commercial kitchens, really a behind the scenes guy. He was not, not really like a famous, uh, guy. Like it almost seemed like that wasn't even his interest, you know? And, um, and he got on season three of Top Chef and he became, you know, they cast him as the, his mom said, as like the, the heavy. heavy, the heavy. Yeah, the foil, you know, and, um, and, uh, but overall, like from everybody that, that I've heard from just a really sweet guy, very nice man. His, 
his cooking and his career, like he, he kind of came to it uh, in his 20s, like really figured out that that's what he wanted to do. And it really became his life, you know, and, um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I don't, we don't have the, you know, the, I didn't really get into his mom with the details of what, but he, you know, he died of a heart attack and um, very young and pe- very young, very 46 young. years old. Really is, and it really just kind of uh, put a shock, but uh, he was a great, uh, you know, what he was a great uh, top chef contestant. I remember um, kind of looking through some, some history when I wanted to write about, you know, write his obituary because, you know, sometimes you write an obituary and it's, you're aware that it's the last thing that's going to be written about a person in many cases, you know, mm-hmm. in many cases. So you really want to be able to capture little pieces of them that tell about who they are. And there was this great clip where um, he prepared some dish and and apparently it was late getting to the table. Or you know how they have to get the thing to the table or whatever, you know. And I don't know if it was disqualified or what have you, but uh, Anthony Bourdain was the chef. And he starts reading him the riot act about like how the most important thing is getting, you know, the dish, you know, getting it out. And, and usually everybody stays quiet after one of those like finger wags. And he fired back and he goes, well, actually in your book, kitchen confidential, you say, and he just like, it totally disarms Bourdain. He's like, you say that if you are screaming and you demand for a dish, they will give you the dish even if it's not ready or even if it's wrong. And he's like, so I'd rather wait an extra minute and make sure the dish is right. And it was like one of those moments about like, that's who this guy is. Like mm-hmm. he was like, take no guff, uh, but also was very professional about his mm-hmm. his thing, you know. And uh, he had a restaurant for, I want to say nine years called Bulldog Barbecue up on uh, North Miami, North Miami Beach. Um, I forget where, you know, where the line is uh, there. But, um, but yeah, so... Uh, Our condolences in- to his family. It's a real big loss. For, it's a real big loss for Miami. It's a real big loss. Uh, what else do we have going on, Miami? What's uh, there's what- a new restaurant in Hialeah. Oh right, I'm yes. telling Hialeah is what's next. What? How is this one? Tell, tell me about this, this one. This one is Cuban Italian. Cuban Italian, and it's called La, La Romanita. Romanita. Yeah, La Romanita. And so they have like you know they they make fresh pasta and all that stuff, but then they also have a pizza with like pulled pork on it. So they're really doing a lot of different stuff. And it, it started by um, by a local guy. And so I haven't been there yet. Connie wrote about it. It sounds really interesting. And it might be another reason to sneak up to Hialeah. One of the most interesting things I, I read about it, though, was that it's near Amelia Earhart Park, which is you know, the most extreme. The most extreme. The most extreme park in Miami. <laughs> Where you can mountain bike and break your leg, but also go out on the on the lake with one of those paddle boats. Exactly. So. But then pet okay, some animals. So you can pet some animals they, too. The way that they pitched the story, Carlos, was they were like, "It's in the Amelia District." Oh, stop that! Hialeah. No, I was stop like, oh that. God, there's an Amelia District in Hialeah. Wow, I have to go. You know, if you want people to hate a place, start making up districts. Start making up districts wholesale no, man, that have I'm about no. To make, I'm about to make all the districts in Kendall. Kendall's gonna have so many districts. It's very New York like where you where you burrow everything. Everything is a burrow. And it's like it doesn't have you know. Yeah, it's you I'm can gonna just make say a it's- weekend. It's like West Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> so Ken, uh, South Kendall. South Kendall, so Ken. I like uh-huh. that. Weppy, Weppy, West Pinecrest. West Pinecrest. Yep. Ina, East Naples. There you go. All right. I'm getting there. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, no, but there's you know, a nice new restaurant in, the, in Hialeah. Hialeah deserves nice things. Asike. Cuban Italian, I will say, is a little bit of a thing. Anytime you have a cosmopolitan city, you're going to get people from around the world. And I remember my my godmother, uh, uh, Angelina, her name was Angelina Valenti. She was married 
to this Italian guy, Vin, Vin Valenti. And, uh, and he taught my uncle how to make this version of a pasta that has like, it's got like ham and it uses butter in the sauce. And like, it's got like these kind of Cubanish flavors. And, um, and you know, then they later lived in New York. So imagínate, you know, that everything was like that combination of Cuban and Italian. And it's like, I learned that pasta dish from my late uncle and I make it for my kids and my kids really like it, you know? Nice. Um, and well, so like, it's a thing. So I'm, I'm curious. Highly I'm curious is on the to map. see. Yeah. And you know, they love their, their Cuban pizza. I'm which sure. eventually I have to write something about Cuban pizza, right? Yeah. You You've have to introduce me. me. I've been here so long. I've only had one raised pizza. I don't even think it's called raised pizza. I think it's called Ray pizza. Ray pizza. <laughs> Ray pizza. But I've only had it once and I feel like I need to, I need to revisit. Ray pizza. Yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to do that. And I'll, t- and I'll give you the, the, the sordid background of the uh, political fight between Ray pizza and Monte de Oca pizza. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother show, Carlos. That's a whole other show, but we'll get to that. Um, so what do you think? I think it's time that, yeah. that we get to our guests. We've, we've kept them waiting long enough, but, Definitely. uh, trust us. doesn't want to hear about our sandwiches anymore. <laughs> it, it will be, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. Uh, so our guest today is Randy Alonzo. Now, Randy, Randy took on a tough job recently, uh, resurrecting Fox's Lounge. So he and his business partner, uh, Chris Hudnell spent the last three years renovating a bar that had been open for 69 years in South Miami, uh, until it closed in 2015. Um, so rather than build a new place from scratch and, you know, and just slap the old neon sign on it, Randy looked at preserving what made it popular. It was like a dark old bar with lots of history, familiar food. Um, and, and really what it was, he recognized that Miami's history is constantly getting, you know, bulldozed over and remade and people want places with some kind of history, you know, even if they have to find it in an old dive bar. Um, he already kind of did this with his bar downtown, Lost Boy. Uh, which uses these nostalgic touches to make the place feel like it's been there for 50 years. So I really wanted to talk to him because he's got some personal history about like places being lost because he's, he's of, of Cuban descent, you know, born and raised in Miami and about kind of preserving history and that longing that Miami has for like keeping our stuff, stop knocking our stuff down. Uh, so uh, come on in, Randy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, man, it's it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Like, I'm really genuinely curious because people really responded to this place. Like, they couldn't. They were so excited to see it back, and then when they saw some of the pictures that you guys shared, they loved seeing that it looked like the place that had always been there. So, uh, t- talk to me a little bit about how you approached this project. Like, why was it important for you to just like to get to that level of detail? And and tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about that because you really got into the weeds with it. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely got into the weeds with it, and and you know, our group we we have a lot of different concepts that we you know bring to Miami, especially this year, and uh, this one in particular. It's you know, it's it's amazing to see what kind of response the community has had to it. The you know, memories, the 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 people I haven't talked to in thirty years who've like have come out the woodworks to like you know reach out and are so excited. It's just been a great you know, connector for our group. Um, and it's, you know, really, it's the only concept that we have going on that we didn't originally create, you know, that we are, you know, it was a, a concept that started in 1946 and then what, went through three different the, iterations. What's been the most interesting or the most bizarre anecdote that someone has told you about like their connection to Fox's lounge? 
Oh, jeez. There's, there's maybe a couple that need to be censored. Uh, <laughs> um, Give us listen, a we PG can, version. We can, just, we can just mark I this mean, episode look, as explicit. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, Fox's was a place where, uh, like, relationships were were made and relationships were broken. Like, <laughs> there's stories of, you know, there's dark corners where, where, you know, maybe some people who weren't supposed to be together were hanging out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's dark yep. enough. I have yeah. seen this on, when I posted this on Reddit, I got a lot of stories of like, I used to see a lot of couples here that uh, were not couples when the lights were on, you know, <laughs> that were different couples when the lights were on. Yes. Yep. El Cuerno Corner. I love that. You need oh, to there's the Cuerno exactly. Corner right there. That's there the Cuerno Corner. We're, 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 we're calling that. That's that's the Fox's Den. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's got the, yeah, it's got a little, yeah, it's a good, good little uh, private corner. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, look, there was even some of the myths of the, the upstairs, uh, you know, two bedroom, you know, inn being uh-huh. uh, maybe, maybe hourly. So. Uh huh. The inn. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that makes me think of, uh, remember, there was a bar, you grew up down here and we'll get to your Miami credits, but I'm thinking of, uh, there was a bar called, um, uh, Mystique, which everybody called Mistake. And it's, <laughs> o- it's over like Doral adjacent. It's at the edge of the airport. And now, and it was, there was a bar connected to a oh, day's, yeah. to a day's inn. Con eso te lo digo todo. Mm-hmm. So, and now it's a, it's a brewery. It's Beat Culture Brewery. And it's still attached to a day's in. So I'm just saying, people gonna, I know people gonna, that decisions can still be made. Yes. That's a fun area. I mean, like, like Miami Springs, like that was, you know, my mom, when she first moved here from New Jersey, she lived in Miami Springs area, right north of the airport. And there's a lot of like, you know, highlights not too far off. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, always got go the a little pink bit for pussy the West. cat. Well, you yes. had. You had. Now it's mm-hmm. like the, now it's a weird black box of a place. Yeah. It's now it's like a looking. swingers club or something. Oh, gross. That is gross. I, yeah, I didn't think they could be grosser than, than a strip club, but here we go. Hold my beer. Oh, yeah. So what's, what's your Miami background? Because you're born and raised down here, right? You got to like, we have to place you by knowing where you went to high school because that's how we wrap our brain around you. <laughs> Which is good because I would say uh, I, I grew up in, the, in Coral Gables, uh, was born and raised. My mom's American and my father's Cuban, like literally um, – Father, short, little Cuban man with an accent, and my mom, blonde hair, blue eyed girl from New Jersey. Nice. So Ricky and Lucy, like mm-hmm. right there. Perfect. Um, and uh, I went, <laughs> I went to elementary school in South Miami at St. Thomas okay. Episcopal. Yep. And then I went to high school at Palmer Trinity. Okay. So where I had lived, I would I would say I spent the majority of my life at that intersection of US One and Red Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Before, not uh, so far away from Fox. So you were a, you were a fan of Swenson's. We were talking about Swenson's oh, earlier. Oh, were, Swenson's. You were there all the time. I loved Specs. I'd go and like yeah, buy right all my CDs at Specs. Right? Yep, yeah. right next to it. And we mm-hmm. and, and what do you think of Amy's idea? Do it like uh like Swen like did you were we talking about that before? No, he wasn't there. We, nah, I was yeah. talking about how the <laughs> Foxes looks like the the R version of Swenson's. You know, it has kind of the same like. Vibe. Old time dark vibe. Yeah, you get the Sunday. Yeah, you, should, you can leave the kids at Swenson's. You can leave the kids at Swenson's. You can leave the kids at Swenson's. Like maybe like Sunset Drugs. Remember mm-hmm. Sunset Drugs? Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it was like almost like the back when we had SNS Diner. It was you yeah. Know, you had your pharmacy next to the little diner where you would sit in the stool. Um, that was just up the road there. Corner corner of Bird and Fifty Seventh there, and uh, 
Oh, you must have had opinions when they built uh, Sunset Place. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I was I was still in what high school um, when they were finishing it up, and you know, it was a good spot for you know teenagers for us to run around still. A hundred percent. I I love Bakery Center. The smell from Bakery Center, great. Yeah, yeah. Billy Corbin was talking about this. Bakery Center or was it Bakery Center Center. Miracle Mile? Uh, I think they were going to yeah. open bakery. Either they, it was there or they were going to open bakery center there. Uh, but uh, it, it like never, it never materialized into what they had hoped it was. And it became, and it became uh, uh sunset place, which, you know, became the teen hangout. Uh, so you have a lot of connection to that, to that area, but I, but you were to, or did you ever get to Fox's? Did you ever get to Fox's as a, as a young man? <sighs> Probably not is my guess. You know, I, I, I would say in my maybe college years. So I, I probably was hitting the tail end of when really people were loving it, you know, from the, you know, that seventies to the, you know, two thousands when, when George Andrews had it, who's the the second owner, I, I would be technically the fourth. Cool. Um, so, you know, but I have a lot of friends who have their own stories. I, I feel like one of the, the bigger ones is that that uh, back liquor store window didn't seem to card people. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, there There's you go. a picture of it. You it's can see it. It's a ventanita. You have a liquor <laughs> ventanita. It's a, it's yes. a ventanita. <laughs> Miami we can does vent, not play. We can ventanita everything <laughs> in Miami, man. I, and and so you, are you guys are going to do a version of the liquor store, right? Is it going to have the little the little takeout window, or or how are you guys going to do that? Yeah, you know, uh, so so that that the Fox's Den photo you saw there, um, that actually is the old liquor window, which still exists right there on that left. Is that liquor window? Oh, okay. Because um, we kind of flip flopped. Um, oh, the, you changed the layout. I got the, cha- the layout changed because there were some windows that were put in by a previous iteration developer on the front, which obviously Fox's isn't in place for windows. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of flip flopped it and we put the lounge in the back. Um, we rebuilt almost the same room, um, you know, shape wise. Uh, and then on the front end, we're going to do the liquor store. So I think, uh, I think what we, we've already kind of discussed how, what kind of footprint we want the liquor store to have. Cause it was, it was really just a window. You never walk inside anywhere. You just walk up to it. And I think the response has been so great with just our first weekend of opening that we want to make sure that we have enough lounge space. So I think we might, carve out a little bit more room for the lounge now and uh, do a little bit more of a window style. Nice. Do you, do you feel like I, I'm curious coming up with the idea because I've seen so many places remade into cocktail bars, you know, all of a sudden a place becomes a cocktail bar. It's like a, it's a high heel and shiny shoe place and the menu is upscale. And all of a sudden it doesn't feel like a corner place that you can go to on the regular, you know, it no longer feels like a place of success. It's a place you have to, Dress up for, up for and it's and that seems like the antithesis of a place like this. So, number one, is that is that kind of what you're aiming for? Kind of like a, a low key place, and how do you do that? How do you keep, especially with you know real estate prices being what they are, and you got to charge what you got to charge? Like, how do you keep a place cool and low key accessible without making it like a, a place to see and be seen? Actually, the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, that's it's interesting because because when we opened Lost Boy downtown, it was a little bit of that same mentality. So I think like, you know, it was five years ago now or close to it. Uh, so it's a little bit, I think, in our, our DNA of how we like to approach some of these projects in that, you know, we, we don't, you know, sure, we might have a, a, a really extensive gin program at Tropezone, 
Um, and it's got, we can, we can play around, be fancy with, but even, but at Lost Boy, it was always about maybe like straightforward cocktails, you know, maybe a little twist here and there. Um, but there's a time and place to like have the garden herbs, you know, with the, you know, smoke, you know, sage dust or, you know, going around it sort of thing. Um, but we really like, you know, the places we enjoy in the world. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Anthony Bourdain before, and it's kind of, you know, his vibe and, you know, this place, you know, his favorite bar in Miami was the deuce. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's like a, you know, in, in, in Venice, um, there's a, a place very similar to, uh, a Fox's lounge called Shay J, which was his favorite bar there. And it's like, you can sit down and you can have like a really good, like pan fried snapper. Um, and then like just a Jameson on the rocks and like some of that, like contrast and simplicity, I think really drew us to how Fox's, you know, you had prime rib night, you know, prime rib's not an easy thing to do. You know, sure. that's why it's usually one night a week. Um, but you know, what's your beer selection? Bud, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra. You know, it's like it's it, there's there's something that I feel gets lost sometimes in what everybody wants to be too creative about. Um, you know, chefs I think happen happens a lot. Like, you know, is is being a chef the actual technique in cooking, or is it where you sourced it from? Even though you didn't make it. You know, you found the best source of that harmony barico. That's right. still like you're still being a chef, even though you're not the one who actually did it. So, like, I think approaching cocktails that way as well. It's like it doesn't have to be overthought. Cool. So, what's the menu like at at um, the new Fox's Lounge? The, the the dining menu. So we we made a couple edits, uh, but be, but so part of our process of of this, uh, you know, we've called. Uh, former owners, former employees, you know, one person leads to three other people, um, which leads to three others who turns out to be my niece's uh, water polo coach who, you know, uh, knows so-and-so across town. Like, you know, it's, and so we've gotten a lot of uh, iterations of the old menu, um, which we, we studied. Um, we went through with old uh, sous chefs who had been in that kitchen back in the day to um, the wife of the original chef. And like, how did he, you know, approach this dish? We even contacted the same vendors and found invoices of what they used to purchase. You guys so got know- nerdy about it. <laughs> you went <Yep>. hard. <laughs> I mean, the, honestly, the, the comments yeah. I've seen online, like, here's here's what I've seen. Are there thumb bits, which is what they call like those those steak tips, right? Are there thumb bits on the menu, mm-hmm. which is like steak bits on, on like a garlic toast? Is there still a jukebox? Yeah. And is it free? Or do you have to know a code for parts of it to be free? Like those are like some of the, and is it still dark? One guy was like, I don't know. It seems pretty light from here. And it's like, <laughs> what are the pictures supposed to look like? So is it dark? Is there a yeah. jukebox? And is the menu still kind of familiar, you know? Well, we got all three. The, the jukebox isn't hooked up currently. We had a little mishap in, in, in transit. Um, oh. So it got, it got fixed, um, but it'll be free. And so it's um, getting, um, uh, plugged in uh, sometime the next week. Thumbbits. Oh yeah, that's their number one. It's been the number one seller since we. Oh my opened. god, you guys back up. What are thumbbits again? They're yes, explain what? explain these because I didn't know until I did a little a little uh, uh, search through our LexisNexis files. Yeah, so it <laughs> it is uh, it is an old dish. It wasn't created by Foxes, but it was definitely made popular there. And it was the only you know when you're looking it up. There's always like a little iteration here and there, but you know, I learned this as well. It's actually 
the leftover pieces you could buy from a butcher, the leftover pieces of when they're cutting the filet mignons. So you're going to have all these little, like they look like little thumbs, like little tips of the tenderloin that you can actually purchase from the butcher, from the vendor. And then um, we sear them uh, and we put them on garlic toast. So it's almost like a little like snack appetizer. And then we have the au jus from prime rib night um, right in the center. So you kind of have these like little like garlicky oh God, toasty amazing. bites. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like really a meat. Good. It's like a meat bruschetta. That sounds amazing. I want yeah. that now. Or meat yeah. bruschetta for our Italian uh, audience. That's cool, <laughs> man. I mean, I honestly like I have not seen this kind of interest in a place. It's uh, been a while. For a, lo- for a long time. The other one, and you and I talked about it when we when we were talking about, um, you know, the opening last week. Like it reminds me of Tobacco Road where like yeah. the, the spot was gone. So Matt, they asked Matt Kusher, can you – can you make this feel like Tobacco Road? And he is Channel a very spirit. Yes, and he's like a very legit guy. He's not like trying to pull one over on you. So he has parts where it say, "This shit ain't the real Tobacco Road," <laughs> and but he has a lot of elements and brought back. He signs, you know, that because he worked with the original owners and to give it a feeling. I mean, people like it. You know, they they knowing that it's not supposed to be the original thing, but like recreating some dishes. And so there's got to be an element of that too, right? Is like a, acknowledging that people like. People want to keep a little bit of their history. Yeah, I mean, it, it uh, it's absolutely, and you can see it in the response. Um, hmm. it, it, it People had a, a, a yearning for it, you know, that, you know, we are losing a lot of these, you know, these places. Um, and, 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 you know, it's natural evolution of neighborhoods, and that's why we have historic preservation, and we – you know, uh, especially for us, you know, we're, we're downtown people, you know, we started in downtown Miami, which, you know, still hasn't had its like full Renaissance yet, you know, where other neighborhoods have been built out and, you know, you have all these historic buildings, um, you know, that's, it's difficult, um, but to have that connection and, and we, you know, to see the demographic that we had, you know, our first weekend when you have 20 year olds sitting next to 80 year olds. Oh, wow. Like in the same room, same darkness, like, that's and, cool. uh, you know, it, we, we said early on, this is going to be the hardest thing we do because everybody's got a memory. And if we're not meeting that little bit, you know, maintaining a little bit of that integrity of it, it's it's going to be, you know, people are going to, oh, no, that's that's not it. So, you know, we, we, have a, we have a road ahead of us to prove ourselves. Well, I think De- every generation needs a Cuerno Corner. So I think they can all relate to that. Yep. That, <laughs> there you go. You mentioned downtown and downtown is is going through that, like you said, just in little bits, but there's so much downtown in a way feels like all of this uh, has all of this potential. Like um, what's that corner? It's like the old U.S. mail building that that's getting uh, the the guys from um, uh, Biscayne Bay Brewing are opening a brewery in there and like they're redoing. Stable. Right. And they're redoing the, the clock outside. Like there was a clock there on that corner uh, was like there's a clockmaker mm-hmm. that's. I, I, you know, that's redoing that whole clock. And I know that because I have a watch that needs to have a metal part made. And that is the only guy in South Florida that can make parts for old watches and clocks. So like, there is like an opportunity to, to kind of, um, to renew rather than to raise and, and build, and destroy build and new. rebuild. Yeah. Especially in downtown. It, it, especially downtown, but it's the difficult thing to do because it's, you know, rent between building a house new or renovating it or call it a commercial business. Like, you know, sometimes easier to, you know, not work around that pipe that you can't move. Um, right. 
And in downtown, you know, has a lot multiple of, of factors why maybe it hasn't really turned that corner, which, it, you know, it is. And, and, and we, we used to own a building that we sold to the same group um, who did the post office, the Stamble group. And they're, they're um, the old Walgreens building. So we, you know, that's where my family's department store was um, uh, until about 2016. So they got a whole project there where they're doing, you know, a food hall and there's going to be restaurants and, you know, just. Oh, isn't that like the, the, the something in the Julia? Yeah. I don't know if they've announced it. So Julia, I think it's Julia and Henry. Yeah. Henry and Julia, something like that. I remember we, we, we'd heard about it. Yeah, 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 it's all it's all out there, and and they have a lot of local chefs. I think I think Mike Beltran might have a spot in there too, and uh, oh, the mm-hmm. the box elder guys I think are are gonna do something in there too. It's it's all it's a lot of local folks. Cool. Yeah, no, I, which is which is gonna be great for you know when we started Lost Boy, you know downtown. I'd been fifteen years living there. You know, uh, we had been downtown for fifty years as a family. Um, with the store, but never had like a neighborhood bar, never had a staple, never had something that you knew that you could have a seat at the bar. You knew that you were going to get a consistent drink. And that was one of the the voids we felt that we wanted to fill with Lost Boys. Like, let's not, you know, let's, we like our history. We like, you know, putting our little, you know, maybe tchotchkes or, you know, trinkets or, you know, family furniture in there. But let's also just make sure that it's something that like, you know, is consistent. It's not the turn and burn. So do you guys well, have a lot of regulars? Is is Lost Boy like a, a a bar where regulars come in like like every week and you see them all the time? It's like Cheers. Do you know what one of our best months is? What? what? August. Oh, that's funny. When all the when all the it, it, when all the are tourists gone. are gone. <laughs> They're all gone. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I we we really, you know, we have a really good happy hour. That was the other thing with pricing. Like we always wanted to make sure you know, that someone was looking at their check and, and saying, okay, you know, let's come back here a little more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a half off happy hour, you know, so you get a pint of beer for $4. Um, so a lot of the, you know, downtown has 200,000, you know, downtown, not even Brickle, downtown has 200,000 workers who commute in and out every day. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of, and, and they might live down next to Fox's next in South Miami. Right. Yeah, no, and and uh, honestly, I think it's one of those rising tide things. Like the corner is is one of those places that's been there for a long time. Like, and now you yeah. have like you guys are there. Uh, Mama tried is there, which is a that's mm-hmm. another great bar. Like you walk in, and you're like, this place feels like it's yeah. been here for a long time. Uh, Jaguar Sun guys, you know, like if you have one destination, it's not as interesting as if you have many destinations where people can hop to and go around to. And I think that you guys are just like. You guys are riding just the top, the beginning of that crest, which is ex- must be exciting, you know. And I tell you, you, you know, I, I've, I've in Miami, you know, I was in retail, and I, I I felt disconnected. I didn't feel you know made as passionate as I you know, even though my grandfather and father they they loved it, you know, and maybe I'll never see the days that made them fall in love with retail. But you know, I'm new to hospitality and to. You know, you're talking about Dan Binkowitz or, you know, Gabe and the lot from from uh, Bar Lab and, mm. and uh, over at Margot uh, over there. Right. Yeah, they're at Margot. And I was just blanking on um, corner. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just so it's everyone's such a small community and everyone's so close still. And like it's I love that, like we all are in competition and and in support of each other. And I didn't feel that in retail. Right. Yeah, that's I can see. And you mentioned like. The, the idea of, of the family owned department store is very much like Mad Men era type of thing, you know, like Menken's department store, like those, 
those things uh, are had their moment. Uh, like your your family's was La Epoca, right? Like they had a department store downtown. Yeah. yeah. What kind of what kind of clothes would they sell? Just everything. Or is it like specific, uh, like for king yeah. or for for like like dressing no. up? No. Yeah, were you getting your bugle? Were store. you getting your bugle boy jeans down at uh, at <laughs> my Pacific Ocean shirts? And, yeah, uh, your OP shirts. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we we had like I, we had an electronics department. I got my Nintendo games there. Oh, wow. uh, you know it it so in 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 Cuba it was a whole city block. You know, five stories. You know, very, very big. When we moved it here or we lost it and we restarted it in downtown, it became, you know, 10,000 square feet. Um, but this was heyday of the 80s in in uh, in downtown Miami where, you know, we, we had a, a women's boutique that sold Christian Dior. Um, we had, uh, you know, electronics department. We had luggage department. And, and that kind of stayed through. Um you know, and I think it's got, it had gone through its ups and downs. And when I came to the business with my brother, um, you know, we started selling Polo Ralph Lauren and Lacoste, you know, a lot of these like name brands that a lot of South Americans were traveling to Miami for. But that that kind of, that ended, you know, that that around mid 2000 teens, um, you know, a lot of, you know, people can go online now. It doesn't matter where in the world you can get it delivered to you. You don't need right. to travel to, to shop. Right. So you you since you've been in downtown Miami for like all this time, what is the the change that you're seeing that has you like most concerned about the development going on in downtown Miami? Concerned or excited? Well, I mean, there's there can be both. There can definitely be both. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I think, you know, being being a landlord for a little bit here and uh, we were our own tenants, um, you know, I think it always does start with the vision of property owners because you know at the end of the day they're the ones who can decide whether they want to renovate their building want to put the right tenant there sign the right lease you know um, i'm very fortunate with um you know the the group um, family that owns the dupont building has has vision for their building they've been able to support us in so many ways to be successful in our right as a tenant um so seeing now there's finally some turnover over the last five years um of, of new property owners who are coming in to invest. And I think that hadn't changed, that hadn't happened in a long, long time. Um, so that's the exciting part. I hope that those property owners will provide, you know, uh, offer the right leases, have the right vision, you know, and I think like Mana be, is being a big one. Um, Moish Mana, who, who has a lot of property here, um, you know, but like a group like Stamble, for example, you know, we took our building to only a certain level and now they're taking it to the next. And, and that needs to happen. Um, yeah, so, no, I, you know, the Flag, Flagler Street is finally getting renovated 15 years. Yeah. And it feels um, like it's 15 years they've been working on it. Like, it I know was. that. Yeah. My father was on the DDA board. Um, and the year before he passed, he had started the task force to get the street renovated. And that was 2000 and uh, what, 12, like 11, 2010. So it's like, you know, it's been, you know, a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, there were a couple of years there, I in like in the last three or four or last four or five, where it was just like, there was a little bit of a standstill. And I know some restaurants were not restaurants, just places in general. They were struggling to just find a niche, but I guess, I guess it has to go through that before they, but it's you know I, I think people are waiting like you know like you, you mentioned Moisha Mana he's got a lot of properties and now it's like 
Are you going to develop them? Or are we still going to be, are you holding on to these blighted properties that we still have to live and drive through and live in and drive through, you know, and like, or, or, you know, can we get the ball rolling on it and do some cool Miami stuff, you know? I mean, I'll even throw it back on my own government because I've been looking at the Olympia Theater with scaffolding on it for about exactly. 20 years. I know. Exactly. That's you the know. truth. Yeah. Uh, uh, my my uh, fiance was just there for the, uh, the uh, Van Gogh show. And it's like you walk inside and it's, it's inc- this incredible theater, but you have to literally right. dodge construction to get inside of it. Mm-hmm. And you know the city has yeah. the money to do it. They have the money to, to just go ahead and pull the trigger and just finish it. Just fix it and finish it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the it's the, the very slow turning wheels of, of government, you know. Don't, 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 don't forget the 20 years of code enforcement fines that they're going to need to pay. If, if, you know, if this was one of us and we hadn't, you know, fixed our building and put illegal scaffolding around it. They would have made us pay a fine. Right, right. I'm sure if that you, you would look have had at that scaffolding place outside of a building for like a generation. <laughs> you for sure, would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, yep, for 100%. sure. Um, well, man, I, I think that what you guys have created is is very interesting, and I, and it sounds like people are people are really responding to it. And um, you know, I'm I'm eager to get. I don't live far from it. I obviously know that area uh, pretty well. Um, so I'm, I'm eager to get down myself and, and check it out. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a regular cause I'm a deli lane regular. That's where we go. Oh, That's where we go on Sundays. Lane. We well, have our little table set up there every Sunday because they got the, they got the $6 mimosas. So this can be my after hours spot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, that's the, the other hard part of, of you're in there at like midnight and you're, you know, it's this like, you know, almost scene from a Martin Scorsese film, like, you know, red booths and dark and. I'm like, wait, but this is exactly what it looks like at noon. Yep. You know, you're, you're having lunch in there. Is it, it's like you fully don't know the world exists outside. You want it sure. to feel. You want it to be like a like a casino where you stumble outside. You can't. You don't. You're you've like, lost track it? whether it's night or day. Is it still Tuesday? I don't even know. Yeah. That's funny. Well, before it's, we let you go. Uh, yeah. No, I was go gonna ahead. say before we let you go, we have to we have to ask you to play our our kiss Mary kill game with food. So like uh, you being oh, a Miami guy, right. you know, we got to give you three of our staples, right? We have, we have cafecito cubano, we have uh, pastelitos and croquetas. It's like our, that's our, that's our, our Miami street food. So, so what do you say? Kiss, marry, kill. Who are you going to kiss? Who are you going to marry? What are you going to kill? Hmm. Well, can you do it in any order? In any order, you can kiss, marry, kill, and whichever. I, whichever. I, I do not like sweets. I'm not a dessert guy. So pastelito out the door. Afuera. Wow. You're, you're okay. Afuera. Okay. Now, now that's hard. You know. Yeah. Now I got. Now you get. Or, now or you get stuck between the, cro- the croqueta and cafecito. You know, I'm gonna take a guess. It, I'm gonna take a guess. You seem like arteries, a coffee guy. You seem like a coffee guy. Are you a coffee I, guy? I, you know, I I am a coffee guy, and. I, they say that smell is your closest, um, you know, sense to memory. Because mm-hmm. because I, I, I feel like maybe, maybe you, you also smell when you taste. But I'll taste something and it brings me back to like the exact moment. Mm-hmm. And like having a shot of real Cuban coffee, whether it's at the Ventanita or not, brings me back to three o'clock in my family's department store where they bring it out to everybody. Staff, oh my gosh customers and it brings me back like and i get a little emotional like about it because like it brings me back to like my father like in us like you know it, it like instantly you know uh that taste can just 
bring you back to that memory. So I'd have to marry my cafecito and I'll kiss my croquetta. Yeah, that 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 delivering coffee, no matter what's going on and who's arguing with who, it is funny to see it like for us, for us, my dad had a, a little mom and pop jewelry store. For them, it was like like two o'clock was the time when they'd come out yeah. with a little tray of cafecito. You know, he'd come out, he'd make coffee and we'd all sit. And if there was and there were some, uh, you know, clients out front, everybody got Cuban coffee, you know, and it it's such a cultural touchstone. Yeah. Now. So. Oh, I figured awesome. you were a coffee guy. You just. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it, Amy. Well, Randy, man, it's, thank the, it's you my so work, much. my working cowboy hat. I I do like that. I do like. What's the story on that hat? Well, you know, so if I have a second more, is like Lost Boy is the yeah, name of the ski the run that. So Lost Boy is the name of the ski run that I learned how to ski with my father on. So okay. yeah, we, a lot of family. You know, I, I'm one of six kids, and so you know, my brother and I, when we were thinking of denim, because it was you know, Lost Boy was supposed to be a denim shop to start. Um, you know, denim started in the Colorado mines and we'd always go out to Colorado. And so lost boy, that's the generation of our, our name. Um, but, you know, I still just like, I don't know. I think I'm like a, you know, uh, Guajito at heart. You know, it's like, I, 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 I love Western culture. I love, you know, cowboy movies. I love spaghetti Westerns. And so this is my little, you know, lost boy touch. But bro, you got to get you got to get the Cuban straw hat. You got to do that. But in the Cuban straw hat, that's the if you want to fully inhabit your Guajito roots, we'll do that. I actually, I have I have my dad's old hat that for the Amy for the next episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna wear my Guajito hat. There you go. Okay. Oh, that's cute. For sure, I'm gonna do I it. See it. Randy, thank you so much for making the time, man. Yeah, it's, thank it was you. great to have you on, and and we wish you the best of luck with uh, with preserving little bits of Miami rather than uh, steamrolling it. So we'll be thanks there. for that. We'll be there. We're going to be right. in the in the Fox's right. den soon. Can't wait to host you guys. All right, man. Be good. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh man, I'm going to totally be up in that place all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's yep. near my house. There are a few places. There are a few places that feel. That you can just walk into. You know, honestly, the places that are left like that are like the. There's this grubby little uh, Duffy's Tavern that's over on 57 near where he was saying. Mm-hmm. That's on that's on Red Road, um, right around the Corway area, and it's okay. like this dark little place with like some broken down cars out front, mm-hmm. like classic cars that don't run, <laughs> and uh, and it's like. You know, a place where you can go in for four bucks after work and meet up with somebody and be very low key and the music isn't going and nobody's taking selfies. You know what I right. mean? Um, I, well, I, I can't would, make any promises. I'm going to be in the dark room. Like, I hope that they have a bouncer that every time that one of those, <laughs> one of those, anytime one of those LED lights come on, you get a warning. And on the second time, they drag yeah, you out by the don't hair. Don't mess up the vibe here. Your little LED lights are ruining our darkness. Yeah, I would have a spot in the bathroom where you could take a picture away from everybody. That's smart. Yeah, that's where I would do it. Amy, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe that's a show. Yep, that's a show. All right, so we're gonna I'm gonna try to replace you with a. Uh, I am with, irreplaceable, Carlos. <laughs> with some kind of guest next week uh, you get a while cheap you're out. Invitation. That's all you're gonna get. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. It, it's it's always gonna be a cheap substitute, but uh, we'll try to keep it going until. Uh, through this very vacationly vacationy August. All right, till the next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.